It's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach, July 11th, 2008. Last few interviews here from RailsConf 08 in Portland. Be talking to New Relic, Apricado, and Fusion, developers of the new Apache module for running your Rails applications. I want to thank Atlantic Dominion Solutions for sponsoring the Rails podcast over the last couple of months. They are web development innovators who specialize in building user-focused Rails applications also offer 24-7 monitoring and management of your EC2 deployments. Find them at techcfl.com. So I'm sitting here with Jeff Ward uh, from Vancouver, B.C., hearing about his new music application, web app. What is it? Uh, Well, it's called Apricado, and uh, basically it's a very simple way for independent musicians to upload and sell their songs online. Um, so yeah, should, do you want to take you through a walkthrough or? Yeah, sure. Do it quickly. Of course, this is audio, so uh, right. describe as as much as you can. So this is is this work like in conjunction with something with i like iTunes, which is of course what most people are going to think of with uh, selling music online to electronic devices. Um, well, independent musicians they um, they do have some options on how they can sell their stuff online. You can get your stuff into iTunes, but. Um, you got to go through a third party, and it can cost money, and it can take four to six weeks for you to actually get your music into iTunes. And I uh, generally have to pay somebody to kind of broker that deal for you. Um, so the barriers are pretty high for a musician, you know, uh, just who wants to sell their stuff online very quickly and very easily. So with Apricado, uh, we're trying to minimize those barriers. So basically, our sign-up form is uh, you know we tried to, we tried to think about the the minimum amount of things that we needed from an artist to sign up for their site. So um, if you go to apricado.com, um, uh, once we're launched, we're actually just uh, in beta and uh, and testing with some of our musician friends. Um, you put in your email and you upload your song. Um, so we're doing some pretty uh, interesting things. Uh, we were using ID3 uh, LibRuby, which uh, you know, when you browse and you, you upload your song, the uh, we look in, into the ID3 tags, we look at the, the artist name, the album name, all that kind of stuff. And based off that single upload, we do, we give, you know, if, so for example, my artist name is uh, Anim, A-N-I-M. So uh, you can go to, you go to apricado.com slash Anim. Uh, that's already built for you because we've looked at the MP3. Um, the song is, is uploaded and, you know, we email you your password and your song is instantly available at your store. People can hear a little short clip and then they can buy it for 99 cents. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this is the song I wrote for my wife. <laughs> I was thinking about you the other day. Yeah. So you're a musician yourself and that's part of why you built this? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've, uh, you know, the last 10 years put out a couple albums and I have a lot of musician friends and they always, uh, you know, they ask me, hey, I, want, I need to sell my stuff online and, and uh, you know, they keep asking me to build the maps and so this is kind of for, for me, my friends, but I think there's there's definitely a wider use and and, and similarly there's uh, to to be to support an independent musician like I love independent music and but there's so many barriers to like you know buying and supporting these artists so we've uh, we're minimizing barriers barriers for artists to create their store and get it up like I can have a store I can record a song in the afternoon and uh, you know it's up for sale that night. Or you know, I can you know when I get home, I can create my store. But also for for people to support independent artists, um, all of the uh, the checkout and all that, it's all on one page. 
Um, you know, you, you add to your cart, it's all Ajax, um, the payment form, you hit purchase, and you're brought to uh, a download now button with, you know, a, a, a URL that's good for 48 hours. And yeah. It's a great looking site, very simple. Like you say, as much as possible it just happens straight on one page. Now, there are a lot of JavaScript involved. Did you use a lot of the built-in JavaScript with uh, helpers and prototype? Did you go to one of these uh, new, newly popular ones like jQuery? How did you decide to implement that? Uh, no, we're out of the box. Uh, prototype Scriptaculous. Um, I mean, uh, one of the challenges for the store part of things is uh, it degrades uh, you know, very nicely if you don't have JavaScript installed. So all of the adding to cart, which happens... You know, you on on the left side, you it kind of builds out your you know how many songs you purchase in that. Um, that's you know all Ajax, but it degrades nicely with yeah, pretty neat. Um, yeah, but the ID3 lib Ruby uh, gem uh, is what we were using to actually reach into those files and pull out the song information to kind of build the store, um, as well as uh, album artwork. I'm not sure if you noticed, but when I uploaded the song, uh, we were able to reach into that MP3 file and uh, and kind of pull out that graphic and display it. Um, similarly, if uh, an artist can go uh, and manage their album, uh, rename a song, uh, what have you, uh, we uh, update those ID3 tags uh, and embed them in the file. So when somebody comes along and, uh, and purchases uh, that album, they get all of the, the correct ID3 tags in there. That seems important for web apps to start being a lot smarter, not just, okay, here's a file and here's some other data, but this file has all the metadata in it. Let's just use that instead of forcing people to re-enter it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the uh, the sign up form is enter your email address. You know, we we say this is where we'll send your cash. You know, we send, we we're paying them our artists through PayPal, and yeah, just browse through your file. We everything we we need is in there. And if there is nothing in there, um, you know, in, in a song doesn't have any uh, ID3 tags. Well, at least we have a, an email address to, to to base things off of. Well, looks great. Uh, Apricado.com. Yeah. And still in beta, but people can check that out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. You, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you know when we launch if you, uh, you know, subscribe to our launch feed or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks. So Rails Podcast here with New Relic and Lou Cern telling me about how this works. Of course, this is a graphic, graphical application, but uh, hear a little bit how it works. Sure, sure. What are you doing with New Relic? So New Relic is a Rails application performance management solution. Uh, the way it works is we've got just a standard Rails plugin. You just drop it into your app, and then it works in one of two modes. In development mode, we add a couple extra pages to your app that tell you exactly what's going on in your app while it runs on your desktop, and that's free. So anyone can just install the plugin. They don't have to sign up or anything. They just get that. But then when your app runs in production mode, if you have an account with New Relic, then you can log into RPM, which is a software-as-a-service performance management solution for your app. And we'll tell you what your app is doing in real time at very deep granularity. We'll tell you what all your controller actions are doing, what your slowest ones are, why they're slow, what active record objects they're querying, how they're using memcache. We'll tell you if there's any mongrels that are sick or sort of not load balancing correctly. We do historical analysis. So there's a lot of deep data that we'll give you, and all you need to do is install the plug-in, and, and, and you're off to the races. So it's very easy to get value right away. Now, there, I have to admit, in the last couple of weeks, I've gotten a swarm of emails from 
five runs. There's Scout. There's even just yeah. little open source plugins. This seems like a big area that a lot of companies are starting to get into. Why did you, with a few existing companies, yeah. why did you feel like this was important? Well, I guess the best way to understand that is to know that, from my perspective, I I founded a company ten years ago called Wiley Technology, and Wiley at the time was a company about enterprise application performance management for Java. And uh, so it's been my passion to do this sort of thing. Wiley grew to about $50 million in sales and was acquired by Computer Associates a couple of years ago, and, and it dominates the app performance management space for Java. And then I started discovering Rails last summer, and, and I was quickly fell in love with the platform. And you know how when you learn a new application platform, you start writing code in it. Well, the only thing I know how to write is app performance management software, it seems. So I, I started building this thing, and... And uh, before I knew it, it, it turned from something that was a bit of a hobby into a company. Um, uh, five, uh, you know, the, the, the other companies in the space are doing interesting things. I can't speak to exactly what they're doing and how they differ, but um, what got me serious about New Relic was when Engineard looked at it and said, this is something we want everybody at Engineard to have. And so we recently announced a deal where Engineard bundles New Relic into every account. Um, we also manage everything at 37 Signals. Um, we've got Twitter under management. We've got Shopify under management, Lighthouse, GitHub. So really, we've kind of cornered the market on all the big uh, Rails applications. And and uh, they all say that uh, we've got the best-in-class performance management for Rails applications. So you can start to make Pretty impressive. So run me through a few. What are the some of the sure. big features? Yeah, so... Again, it's hard to convey through audio, but the idea is that we're looking right now at, at uh, uh, Shopify, which is uh, quite a large uh, e-commerce shop. Uh, Toby Lutke is uh, on the Rails core team, and, and he's the, the chief technical guy behind Shopify. And Shopify runs on 40 mongrels um, on four hosts. And so we're looking at, at the top line here, here's the aggregate performance of all those 40 mongrels. And I can just... Click through on our user interface, and we'll immediately show you in real time how that's working. So I can select a, um, a time window to apply this view to. If I want to get really granular, I can just look at the last 30 minutes. We're, we collect data every minute. Um, and so we'll see the overall response time for Shopify. We'll see the throughput on that site. So it's looking like it's getting about between 600 and 800 requests per minute right now, and it's consistently under 100 milliseconds. Um, and that's testament to they're using our stuff to tune their site. We also see active record activity and CPU utilization for the site and memory. And, and it's all sort of a drill-down kind of user interface. So if I click on this... I'll show you the application throughput for for Shopify, and we'll see the top 20 slowest controller actions. So that's all automatically uh, ready to roll. And uh, if you click on any one of these controller actions, we'll actually show you how that controller action spends its time. So in two or three clicks, I've found my slowest controller action, and I can see that 75% of this, this particular controller action's time is spent on an, actually at a request to an external web service. Um, so, so you immediately can see where your application is spending its time. Um, we can also show you, for example, how your app is using the database as a whole. Most apps are very sense or database constrained, um, and uh, uh, or at least when they hit their constraint, often the first constraint is the database. Um, so we'll show you automatically which of all your model objects are most using the database. Um, and in the case of Shopify, their biggest uh, model object is the collection object. 
and we'll show. And this is all very Rails specific. Yeah. You've got your controllers and your actions and your models and, and finders and methods. That's right. It's it's very Rails focused. We built it entirely in Rails, and and we're and we're. Because we're really focused on Rails, we can automatically tell you what's going on in your Rails app, sort of making some assumptions about how those apps tend to work. And so that's why it's so easy to use. Um, and so in the case of looking at your active record activity, we can tell you what, are the, what controller actions call this particular model object most often. So if you look at, for example, the, the fourth biggest model object in Shopify is one that has an average response time of only one millisecond. So it's a very fast query, but it's getting banged on, you know, between 1,000 and 1,500 times per minute, right? So you want to say, well, who's calling it so often? And we've got the exact controller that's doing it 500 times a minute. This particular controller action is calling this this uh, model object. And, and so if you want to sort of reduce your database load, this is a good way to sort of do it. Focus on that one controller action, and that's all kind of... Built, uh, given to you on the fly. That's great. I mean, it seems like a, a testament to the presence of Rails that there's a purpose, to, there's a room to build these kinds of specific apps that give us all this kinds of information about Rails apps and really dig in and find that information really quickly. I believe, yeah, we're, we're very excited in the potential of Rails, and we would like to think of ourselves as hopefully playing a role in Rails becoming even bigger. Because, you know, we've seen this in the Java space, too, um, in that, you know, 10 years ago, people were adopting Java because they thought it was an interesting technology to build things in. And then you get to a stage where you're in production and you're starting to bet your business on the application. And that's at a point where you need good management tools to make sure that the thing runs well, it has consistent performance, and that uh, it's highly available. And, and so you need good tools to ensure, um, ensure that that works well. And the best tools tend to be purpose-built for that new platform. And so we think we can uh, help the Rails community be successful not only in rapidly getting the thing built, but keeping it running well. And dispel any of these myths that are out there that Rails is incapable of performing well or scaling well. That's not the case. We collect a million rows every four to five minutes. So just in the, case of the, in the course of this podcast, we've persisted over a million rows of performance data. And we do it at 38 milliseconds of pop. Um, you know, and our, and our app just hums. So, you know, there's no reason not to, uh, to scale well in the rails if you've got the right tools and best practices. Well, thanks for the tour. And you're out of beta. That's available now. People yep. can go to newrelic.com. Free trial. Download. Uh, go to newrelic.com. You can get a free trial. And you can also uh, use the developer edition on your desktop for unlimited free use. It's just a plug-in install. So it's a great way to get started. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jeff. All right, last day of RailsConf. Actually, the final keynote is happening right now, but I'm uh, able to spend some time here with Hong Li Lai and Nin Bui. And a third member of Fusion, Tinko Andriga. Did I say that right? <laughs> so, Fusion Passenger, no longer called Mod Rails. Yeah, Very exciting today. Tell us yeah. about it. What happened? Well, you know, we just let it, we just put it out at night, and, and some something happened to it i guess it evolved so like it now supports wsgi as well and uh and rack. rack yeah it now supports rack so it can run all your merp apps and camping and whatever yeah and like for example you can also run django in the same uh, with the same ease of use uh, and all the other python frameworks yeah all the other three python frameworks that you could throw at it <laughs> just kidding of course 
And you did that please specifically. That. Please, please oh, that I should out. cut that out. Please okay. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about that because my I decided to write my blog with Merb and I tried to deploy with Mod Rails a little while ago and mm-hmm. had some problems. But now that you've got Rack in there, I'm not going to have to proxy to Mongrel. I can just oh, do exactly. it all. Yeah, yeah. Mixed Rails apps, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it also comes with Ruby Enterprise Edition now, so you'd be able to save. Uh, You'd be able to, yeah, notice a, a, an increase in speed, but that's only for Rails, by the way. Yeah, and a dramatic um, decrease in memory usage. Like uh, Mike Gosiarski switched to Ruby Enterprise Edition with Passenger Apache, and well, he he actually uses less memory now than Nginx with Mongrel. He even downgraded his Joyant server. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't even add anything to that. I, I guess we're doing well uh, against the competition. It seems that we're the fastest and the most efficient, actually, yeah. out there. Yeah. You've had some amazing adoption, too. Uh, Rich Kilmer stood up, said that they, in a couple of days, they switched all of their servers yeah. over. Yeah, apparently they did, so that was really awesome. Were you, were you sitting there, by the way? Or I was were, kind of halfway back. Uh, I was in the you were time-slicing our presentation. You were just, like, <laughs> checking out. To, you see, this is what happens. People have to become multi-core. I mean, apparently concurrency is not possible with people right now. So. Right. Now, I'm amazed you guys just did this we hadn't heard of you before i was at amsterdam on Rails. were you at amsterdam on rails last year uh no we weren't actually i mean rails is something that's really started to grow on us like since last year kind of we've been using it for like a few projects and stuff like that but we've but lately we've become really committed to it actually so had you done apache modules before or was this one of your first serious apache projects no, not really <laughs> like um before this we had written some really really simple apache modules like the one that um um changes the x real ip header into the real ip address for apache but very trivial stuff like that and mm-hmm. so this was really a challenge we had to learn how to write a serious apache module and with serious I mean serious. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing glasses right now, so you can't see my serious yeah. face. And a Louis Vuitton bandana. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're the one to talk with your tailor-made suit or something. So, yeah, you're even more enterprising than I am. I'm just jet-setting in here. And, you know, yeah, the, the I'm more like the Kanye West of this uh, the whole thing, except I'm not black and, you know, my music sucks. So, <laughs> Wait, the, I am the Kanye West. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Do you want me to cut that out, too? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, would probably be a better idea. <laughs> so, well, the Apache module writing documentation is pretty bad, so, yeah, we had to learn a whole lot. So, what? it sounded like the big dream host event of them saying that Rails didn't work on shared hosts. Was that the event that made you want to start this, or had you started it previously? Yeah, well, it was a well, kind of... Contributed yeah, to it. Yeah, it, it contributed to it. We, I mean, we had this idea going on for a little while, I mean... At some point, like, deployment just became real bothersome. I mean, writing all those stupid scripts and stuff like that, we really thought, oh, man, if only I could use this time to actually have a life instead of writing all these <laughs> scripts. So, yeah, that was something that really, uh, that was made the main reason for this. And, and then, you know, yeah, then- DreamHost came along and was ranting about, uh, you know, Reels deployment on their servers and that, you know, that it didn't work. So we thought, hmm, this is an interesting uh, problem to solve uh, for us as a startup company. It might be a nice uh, site uh, project to have as a showcase, you know, kind of our version of Hello World, actually. Now, I feel like one of the biggest, somebody asked me last night, well, what's the big thing that you're going to take away? What's the theme of this conference? I would have to say it was Zed Shaw. 
Joel Spolsky mentioned him. Kent Beck mentioned him. Every other conversation I walked by, people were talking about Zed Shaw. Mm-hmm. You're, he defected to Python. You guys are already fans of Leah Culver. How long can we expect <laughs> to have Fusion part of the Rails community before you guys defect to the Python uh, community? Well, You've already implemented WSGI. You're halfway there. Yeah, I mean, if we um, if we find out that, for example, that Leah Culver has a twin sister, then yeah, goodbye. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're a triplet, I think Tinko is probably gone as well. So. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Very exciting, and uh, great to meet you in person. Definitely uh, on, did not on, disappoint. On, on. You're the rock stars that I hoped you would be. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But um, do you still have a peep coat shirt? Because I'd be interested in trading you one for a fusion shirt. Seriously, I gave my last one out like five minutes ago to what? Chris Wanstroth, no. but I will specifically print one for you. Awesome. I will ship it awesome. to you at my expense. Oh, okay, cool. awesome. Well, and yeah. people, I wish I was going to be there, but Amsterdam on Rails is in a week or something like uh, that. Ruby, uh, Ruby and Rails. Ruby and yeah, Rails. Exactly. We're going to meet. That was there. a great conference last year. I'm sure it's going to be even better with you guys and uh, Zo- Zobi, Obi, and Zed. Uh, Zobi. And I, I think you should cut that there? out, really. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, man. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to nice you, man. Talk to you. If you'd like to learn more about Fusion Passenger, check out the Peep Code screencast on the topic, technically edited by the Fusion team, available at peepcode.com.